Bibles, if you will, to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to read a verse in, in Romans first, but go ahead and open to Luke chapter 1. The message of tonight's message is two Adams and two Eves. And as I was thinking about this Christmas and what the Lord had for us, something kept coming back to mind that the Bible teaches us, and we don't talk about it too often, but the Bible teaches us that there's the first Adam and then there's a second Adam. We know what happened in the Garden of Eden with the first Adam. What happened? He ate the apple. We group them together, Adam and Eve. They're the ones who the fall of humanity started out. And that's a little play on words for the two Eves, right? Because the day that Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, it was the Eve. It was the, the, the time just before an era of a fallen world that would come as a result of that. The world was going to fall, and we were all going to be born into this sinful humanity. And when you're, you're, you're young and you're growing up, you think you're a kid, you know, you don't do anything wrong, you do everything right, and then you get older, and if you haven't had kids yet, just take my word for it, trust me, then you have kids, and you understand what it means when we say that the sin nature is inherent, <laughs> you know? One-year-old, one two-year-old, little baby looking for what they want, doing what they want, expressing themselves. You say they've inherited this in nature. Some of the stuff they weren't even taught. It's just the nature that they inherited from Adam. And then I was thinking, as I was thinking through this and, and praying and preparing, I thought, Jesus is the second Adam, and it was on this day, Christmas Eve, that it was the Eve of a new era, a new time for humanity that no longer was the world going to be bound and subject to inherited sin, but now through the second Adam, Jesus Christ, Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. He dies for us and he gives us the opportunity to have true life. In Romans chapter 5, verse 18 it says, therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. Who was that? Adam. Therefore, as, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. It's a new era. It's the eve. This is what we're celebrating. It's the eve of, of the goodness and grace of God that he's going to pour out on us through his son. And we get to deal with this inherent sin nature that everybody else has had to deal with since the beginning, since Adam in the Garden of Eden. Adam. That guy, you know, you guys ever have a friend growing up or maybe you still have a friend today still that's that friend, that friend, you, you go out and, and they always get in trouble. They always do something they're not supposed to do. You kind of come to expect it a little bit. I had this friend growing up, you know, and our little 
crew, our little group of guys, we'd go do stuff, and, and he would always be getting himself in trouble, getting himself hurt, getting himself arrested. It was always. And then sometimes, because, you know, we were a party, not at a party, we were a group of people, that we would be guilty by association. That's kind of what I think when I think of Adam. Guilty by association. The lineage from the beginning came all the way down to us. And now people say, you know, when, we, when I talk to people sometimes, they say, oh, why, why, why do I have to be part of this, this corrupted society and, and culture and body and et cetera and extra? Well, you know, it's a sinful society. It's a sinful inheritance that you inherited. That's the way that it is. But now, since the second Adam has come, there's new life. There's abundant life. And let's turn over to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read another verse emphasizing the, the day of Christmas Eve, which is today for us. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 first, and then we're going to go to chapter 2. Then Mary said to the angel, let's start in, in verse 26. Now in the sixth month of the angel, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb the, the, and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. Now take note to these next few verses that we read. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So here we have the connection. We see and realize that, that Adam was, was uh, the first sinner in the sense, Adam and Eve, and that's the sin that we inherit from him. And now there's this person that comes that the angel tells Mary, you're going to conceive and bear a son, and he is going to be the son of God. He's going to be a holy one. You see, throughout the ages, the seed is what perpetuates the, the sinfulness in humanity. It's the seed throughout all generations. And God says, now it's time to stop the perpetuation, and I am going to place my son, my seed, and allow him to come to the earth, be known as the Holy One, and be called the Son of God. I'm going to flip to 1 Corinthians. You can just listen as I read. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but you're welcome to. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. 
However, the spirit is not first, but the natural, and afterward the, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And we, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Isn't that good news? That's all connected to Christmas, to Jesus. The, the earthly man and the heavenly man. Which more do we identify with? As Christians, it has to be the heavenly man. That's what's demonstrated through our lives. If it's the carnal man, then we're in trouble. If it's I have a better understanding of of Adam (laughs) and Eve, then we're going in the wrong direction. We're on the wrong track. Looking back at Luke chapter 2, and we'll read through this. Christmas story, considering Jesus' birth and it being the eve of a new era of grace and mercy from God. Luke chapter 2, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quinarius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered and everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house, he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, hopefully the introduction and the setting kind of set us up for what we should be expecting. If we're talking about the heavenly man, if we're talking about the son of God, the holy one, the king, then what is he doing in a stable? Or is that part of the heart that God wants to show his people? That his son coming to the earth in humility... There was no special arrangements made. There was no pomp. Could it be that, that there was one place left for them at the inn, and that would have been sufficient for us? I, I pray, f- you know, I, I don't know what you guys pray for, but throughout your day, think of the things that you pray for. I pray, and this is, this is not a, you know, this is a fault of mine, so pray for me, please, okay? I pray for parking spaces, if I'm driving around town, I'm, I'm like, please, Lord Jesus, give me a parking spot close to the door. Why? Because I'm, you know, I need to walk further. I need to park away. But for some reason, there's just that, you know, that, that click of convenience. I just want to be close. And, and it seems like the Lord loves me because every time I get to the store, there's always a parking spot right in the front. I'm like, the Lord wants me to be fat forever. It's that provision he makes, you know, like there's that one spot. And, and I think, Lord, it wasn't two or three spots. And it wasn't, you know, it was just that guy was pulling out right when I was pulling down the lane. Man, that's the Lord. Couldn't that have been Joseph and Mary cruising into town? Everybody's full. Oh, no, don't worry. 
Somehow it was prepared beforehand before anybody knew that there's this one room left. Who knew? And it's for you guys. And we'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. It was ordained by God. Everything was set up, and, and it was going to be a busy time because of this census, and everybody was going crazy, and my wife's pregnant. We really need a room. There was no rooms. There was no rooms. There was not even one. And God says, you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with my son demonstrating to the world his character even in his own birth. And you guys know if you were God, what you would have done, it would have been a little bit better, right? Than the stable in a manger. But it was God revealing his heart for us from the beginning. This is how my son was born. This is how I want you guys to be. How often do you look at what you have and you think to yourself, it's not enough. I need more. I want more. How come it seems like I'm always only getting by? Hey, guess what? You're getting by. You're getting by. I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. Hey, at least you get a paycheck. At least you're getting a paycheck. God is taking care of you. And at some point in our lives, sometimes we just need to humble ourselves and say, thank you, God, for what you've given me. Thank you, thank you that you continue to take care of me. And I don't need the penthouse suite to have my baby born because he's Jesus, the Savior of the world. I mean, I'm sorry, but this is you know, kind of contrary to how we feel in this season. Sometimes around Christmas, I get depressed because of all the stuff that I can't get for me or other people. I was thinking today, you know, I was like driving down my street. I was like, man, I like my neighbors. I like my neighbors and and I wish that there was some way I could tell them. I wish I can buy everybody on my street a Christmas present. And I could say to them, hey, you know what? I want to give you this Christmas present and have some thought put into it too. Like I noticed that, you know, this is, this is wrong. Here's a weed eater. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) I'm not going to cut it for you, but here's a present. No. But just something to let them know that, like, I care about them. You know why? Because in Vegas culture, we don't talk to our neighbors. Do you guys talk to your neighbors? Good. You should. And that's what makes us different. We have to talk to our neighbors. We have to love them. We have to be different from the rest of our culture so that we can be the light of the world. So we can love and people can see what love looks like. The whole point of that was I I couldn't. (laughs) I can't. I can't buy all my neighbor's presents. I get frustrated sometimes. Lord, you know, like maybe if I had a little bit more. He's like, man, you know, think about my son. What did he have? You think he was upset later, Jesus? Like, man, God, Father, I want your will to be done and everything, but really a manger? Like, is there something else you could have done than than let me to be born in a barn? With animals? It's humility. Something I think we all need more of, especially those of us who call ourselves Christians and want to be an example of who God is and an example of what he thinks about people, how he loves them. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, 
And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. You guys have heard this before, many Christmases. Jesus is in a manger, and in a stable. The, the people that it's proclaimed to are shepherds not very high-ranking in society. If this is such an important event, shouldn't it be being told to the kings and princes and leaders in the cities? Or this glorious display of God's eternal glory shown to these shepherds out in a field. Man, again, speaking to the humility and the heart that God has for all people. And they get to witness this thing. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Isn't that the truth? It's not just to the Jews. Jesus was a Jew. But the angels even knew that his birth was speaking of the salvation of the entire world. It wasn't just a select group of people. God was going to pour out his mercy and his love on the entire planet. And he was proclaiming this, declaring it to these shepherds. And they were so, there was so much joy that they burst out in song. You know when you're so happy? That's why people sing in the shower, I think. Because, like, there's nothing better than a nice hot shower, you know? And you start tapping your foot and rocking out and singing. Some of you shouldn't. The point is, there's great joy attached to the birth of Jesus. So it was, verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made us which the Lord has made known to us. You think? <laughs> if you guys go over here and check this out, you're going to find a baby. He's going to be the Savior. We don't have time for that. We, you know, we're too busy. We got to go all the way over there. No, they said, hey, we better go check this out. I wonder what kind of people would have rejected the call to come see the Savior. I don't, obviously God would know, right? But he goes to these people these shepherds, and he speaks to them, and their response is, let's go see. For us this Christmas season, looking into the new year for next year, I think that we should have an expectation and a hope in what God is looking forward to do. And as he tells us, as he says to you, and I want you to know this, you guys, listen, pray and ask the Lord, what do you have for me? And as, as your heart is in beat with his and he says, yes, I do have some things for you. Get ready. Be prepared. Be willing to take those steps forward. Not to live for ourselves, not to do things that are just going to benefit us. 
but God, this is the capacity that you have me in right now. How can I serve you and love others? And to put action and move forward. Verse 16, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled, all those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as was told them. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Jesus. Let's try to focus again in this time, this coming year, the close of this year. Let's focus on what we've been given, what we've inherited spiritually. The access that we have to God's throne. Adam and Eve, they had that access to God. It says that God was coming down to walk through the garden in the cool of the day, right? They had that relationship with God. And through the sin that came in from Adam and Eve, people were no longer able to have that same kind of access. And sometimes we forget that it was different back then than it is now. And it was harder And then you look, hey, we're doing Leviticus on Wednesday nights. I'd like to invite you all to see what it was like for them in the Old Covenant beforehand. It was tough. There were rules and laws and regulations. That era has passed. We don't go to God based on our good works. We don't go to God uh, trying to manage to conjure up something that looks kind of nice when we are inherently sinful. And have nothing good to offer. It's not, it's not through that, but through the inheritance that we now have in Jesus Christ. Because of his birth. It makes me want to celebrate Jesus' birthday even more. And it makes me want to refer to it as Jesus' birthday even more. So that we can have that connection to the Father. Through the gift that he gave us in his son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that not only have you provided a way through your son's sacrifice, not only have you provided a way for us, but you've given us abundant blessings and love and compassion. And we, we, we want to receive that for ourselves because, because we... We enjoy it. We love you. We love having a right relationship with you. It's changed us. It's changed who we are. But Lord, help us now. Help us today. Help us tomorrow. Help us next year as it's coming to not look so much at ourselves and what we have or what we want, to look to give to others because we know that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And as we pour out our hearts into relationships around us and into loving others that Jesus would be made known. We love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.